Why Systematic Theology is Blah, the Worst Essay I've Ever Written, by Chase Dean. Disclaimer before I attempt to express my current position on this subject. I really don't give a flying crap about any of this. I believe that, ultimately, the only two responsibilities we have as Christians are A. To grow much deeper than we do in our relationship with and love for Christ, and B. To carry out the Great Commission. If we were to actively do these two things, then we would be fulfilling our purpose and we would hear, well done, good and faithful servant, on the day we see our Lord. With that in mind, brace yourself. I'm about to ramble about why systematic theology isn't all that important. Theology is great. We've kind of established that when you break theology down to its roots, it is actually less of an academic learning process and more of a communication between a person and God. As we've been over, one of the ways he communicates with us is through his word or the Bible, which are essentially the same thing. Now, if you've read the Bible and have some understanding about God, you've probably realized that it's very difficult to fit an incomprehensible God into something comprehensive like a book. Yes, we believe that the word is alive and God breathed, but it is still only a glimpse into the immeasurableness of God and his many infinite attributes. We believe that God has shown us everything he needs in order for us to accurately judge his character. However, I think that in believing that God has compressed himself into someone we can somewhat comprehend and know, we have fallen into believing that God is somehow limited by how much of himself he has decided to reveal to us, or that he has practically shown us all of himself. We like to compress God down into something easy to manage and deal with. <clears throat> it's just human nature. We like control and hate change. We stuff God into an hour of our lives on Sunday mornings, and we can't even handle it if service goes past 12.15. When you serve a God that exists outside of the laws of space and time that hold us all this reality, because he literally spoke those things into existence, the death grip of control we have on our lives should be challenged, or more accurately, devastated on a regular basis. What the heck is the point of this stupid and unnecessarily long monologue the two of you that are still listening are asking yourselves? Simply this. In my view, systematic theology is just another way for us to rationalize an irrational God. Systematic theology is defined as a form of theology in which the aim is to arrange religious truths <clears throat> in a self-consistent whole. Right? Sure. Sounds like a good idea. Let's arrange all the things that we can learn about God from the Bible into a self-consistent bulleted list of black and white points that pinpoint exactly every aspect of this infinite God. Please forgive me if this sounds condescending. I'm not trying to mock anyone. However, I just feel like the very idea of trying to do this is absurd. Now it's time to qualify what I just said. Yes, the majority of the things we learn about God are in fact black and white. It would make no sense for him to give us a book about himself where there are no absolutes and nothing to build a foundation on. How could you place your faith and trust in a God you don't actually know anything about? The Bible says that God is love. It gives us a list of the fruit of the Spirit, which tells us about God himself. He is literally inhabiting our bodies through his Spirit. Thus, he has to be like the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> you know, The Psalms give us a direct look at God by the psalmist flat out listing the attributes of God. The list goes on, and we see the evidence of God's directly stated attributes by looking at all of the stories in the Bible and seeing how God behaved in each of those situations. 
But when you look past the obvious and start digging a little deeper, you begin to find things that don't seem to line up so perfectly. We read that God is love, he is just, and that he never changes. But if you go and read the history of the Israelites in the Old Testament, he commands them to, quote, wipe out whole nations, putting even the women and children to the sword. We read in some places where the word clearly supports the fact that God is totally 100% sovereign and can do literally anything he wants. When we, then we read passages that say the exact opposite, that man can, quote, quench the spirit or end his life before his time or even disobey. Was it God's sovereign will that the man not do what God willed him to do? Seems a little bit crazy to me and highly illogical. I can list a dozen more examples, but you get the idea. Also, obviously there are theological answers for all of these questions and different like weird scenarios, but they often require all kinds of convoluted and unnecessary reasoning. Sometimes the answer is just, it's a mystery, which kind of proves my point. The mental gymnastics we have to do when we strictly adhere to a systematic theological point of view on whichever apparent logical fallacy you please simply aren't necessary because we serve a God so much greater and vast than we could ever comprehend. My whole philosophy here ultimately boils down to an acceptance of the fact that some things just don't have an answer. If you think about it, exactly how much faith would be required if we had every aspect of our faith figured out? It would literally be a contradiction in terms, and it would end up being a a dead and dry religion. And uh, if my memory serves me correctly, Jesus was murdered by those religious people, (laughs) so I'm kind of not into that. Um, Anyway, this is why I feel like the church in America is doing basically everything incorrectly. We spend so much time sitting around and pondering and reasoning out all of these deep mysteries, and how much do we accomplish? How well do we honestly fulfill our calling on this earth, which is to love our neighbor as ourself and to go and make disciples? That thought haunts me in the light of Ezekiel 3.18, which says, When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. On that cheery note, I'm your forever alone host, Chase Dean, and this has been the most depressing thing you'll hear all week, or my essay for Dishbit Theology. Good night.